<laughs> Lord Chips, don't let the salad win. That's the message uh, in terms of uh, nature of the food, maybe, that uh, we consume in Wales compared to the Italians. But it's the Italians who will restart. This is the Eat More Chips podcast. Grab your bag of chips, salt, vinegar, perhaps a battered sausage or a dirty pie, a bit of sauce cork on the side, and let's go. Hello and welcome to the Eat More Chips podcast, the official podcast one of the most recognisable flags in the Welsh football supporters universe. So that's it. Who had family bingo where someone said at 10pm on Christmas night, it's over for another year. We've all overindulged, I'm sure, and two people who look like sprouts are ready to release the belt and let it all hang out for a bit. Whatever you do, though, don't go too near the mistletoe, as these two are still a little bit tipsy and might try and snog you. It's Jamie and Daz. What do you mean, might try and snog you? You know what I mean? Jamie, did you have a good Christmas? Yes, yes. Yeah, really good. Uh, ate, ate too much, drank too much. Uh, through the Monopoly board across the front room. Daz, it says here, what presents did Father Christmas bring you? And Jamie's a great actor, but as we're recording this on December the 19th, you can make it something really amazing at least, <laughs> and not just socks, which is the stock present for Dad's our age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got uh, a, you know, a fantastic new pair of shorts, uh, brand new, you know, shirt, you know. Yeah, the, the whole, I, I, beyond socks, I had the whole lot. I mean, I might even make an entire full outfit out of it all so yeah no i'm really pleased fair dues we are the best actors in the world we should have you, you made me look like a right mug you could have told me in advance <laughs> that you were gonna say and, and i wouldn't have pretended like i'm marty mcfly and i've come back to the Britney future <laughs> jesus christ yeah so so dear listener what how was christmas i don't bloody know because i haven't had it yet Twenty twenty three has been an incredible year for Welsh football, with Wrexham men and women doing so well, the national age groups having mixed results, and the national sides finishing the year with both disappointment and hope. So let's look back at the year so far and forward to what we think it will be. August started with the prospect of Paul Mullin out for a number of weeks for Wrexham due to injury, and an undercooked side started poorly with a disappointing opening day five three loss versus MK Dons, a one all draw away at Wimbledon. And our first league win in 15 years, a 4-2 at home to Warsaw, then two draws, a crazy 5-all at home to Swindon Town, and a 1-all away at Barrow. Wrexham bowed out to the EFL Cup in the second round after beating Wigan on penalties. They lost to Bradford City, also on penalties. The month started with the new giant floodlights being fully operational. We welcomed winger James McLean from Wigan Athletic, goalkeeper Luke McNicholas on a short-term contract from Sligo Rovers until January 2024. Luke Young made his 200th league appearance for Wrexham. Scott Butler was loaned out to Nantwich Town until January 24. Goalkeeper Liam Hall was signed till the end of the 23-24 season. And Ben Foster retired with immediate effect, stepping away from the club. On the women's side, Gemma Owen was appointed head of women's football operations and some squad changes meant five senior players, including Mia Roberts, were released, but in stepped Louisa Doran from Flandidno and Charlotte Bolland from Tramia Rovers. Jamie, what did you make of, of Wrexham's opening month back in the EFL? <laughs> um, what, what did I make of it? Uh, yeah, I mean, Christ, I think the term the term I used at the time was was um, it, it was a it was a wake up call. That's how it felt at the time. 
Um, you know, we we you know, for these fifteen long years of of being out of the league and so so much craving to get back into it, um, and then to finally get there. And I think we all, uh, you know, maybe arrogance the wrong word, but I think we were all kind of optimistic and and dare I say confident going into the to to the league that that we had more than enough quality to to hit the ground running, and it it you know it didn't didn't transpire like that, did it? And I think as 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 it it now appears uh, we were massively undercooked from from a although a successful commercially successful preseason it, it was lacking from a footballing perspective and I think we 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 paid the price in those early games um, but yeah at the very start I, I I wouldn't say I was worried but it was very much a, yeah this is this is going to be a little bit more tricky than we thought but um, yeah I think fair fair play we we've we've you know, more than found our feet. Daz, the national sides were very quiet, and we'll get to them in a minute. But I think on the domestic front, I think the big shot probably for Wrexham this month was Ben Foster walking away. I mean, how surprised were you when that happened? Uh, I think at the time we valued his contributions to to a successful campaign. I think the uh, the the least they could do was honour him with another contract if that's what he wanted. I think being surprised that he walked away no not really I think we were beginning to see signs of it I remember uh, Jamie particularly um, setting his sights on that particular player as he always does if you know if you get marked down by Jamie you're usually walking so um, I think what you I think you'll find it's called expert analysis yeah <laughs> no well clearly management are listening to this podcast and they take on your uh, your advice and they make that happen I think that's what it is anyway <laughs> Um, no, I absolutely think you nailed it spot on, mate. And and that, and I think that was why it wasn't as much of a surprise. I think it was only surprising in the way that it was done. So you know, so you know, a short burst, you know, a short opportunity to be with the team in this in this league, and then and then making that decision to step away, um, you know, in the way that it was done, perhaps. But um, no, he 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 looked out out of it. He didn't. He he wasn't good enough and that was his own words and and you got to respect the guy you got to respect the guy that he made that decision um and maybe took it out of management's hands and and, and made it himself i think he got caught up in the romance of last season didn't he he, yeah. he got he got caught up in what happened and, and you know obviously everybody was one more year one more year and i think what happened was he realized quite quickly at the start of the season that he's just his body is just not capable of doing full-time professional football anymore and like you said respect to him because he he, he he held his hands up i think that shows what a professional he is he could have tried to tough it out and go oh you know lots of people are relying on me or, or i don't want to lose face but he realized that he him being between the sticks was detrimental to the side and was not going to help the cause and so he stepped away very early on and that must have been a really difficult decision to make. Yeah, yeah, fair play to him. In September, the league season really kicked off in earnest this month. Wrexham men beat Tramier Rovers 1-0, Doncaster Rovers 2-1 and Grimsby 3-0, then had an absolutely crushing defeat away to Stockport County 5-0 before a 3 all draw versus Crew Alexandra. They also started their EFL trophy campaign with a 1-0 win versus Newcastle United under-21s. Wrexham women also started their Adran Premier League life with a dramatic 3-0 draw versus Swansea City and followed that up with a 3-0 win versus Pontypridd United. Wales women had a disappointing loss in their first match of the Nations League, a 1-0 loss versus Iceland, followed by a humiliating 5-1 defeat to Denmark. The national men had a solid 0-0 friendly draw versus South Korea before the qualifier away at Latvia where they won 2-0. 
goals from a Ramsey penalty and Brooks in the 96th minute. Wrexham welcomed midfielder George Evans from Millwall and goalkeeper Arthur Conquo from Arsenal on loan until the end of the 23-24 season, but missed out on signing Luke Armstrong from Harrogate Town following a deadline day confusing picture. James McLean went to play for the Republic of Ireland and we welcomed former Scottish international Stephen Fletcher as a free agent and Paul Mullin beat the odds to return to the side ahead of schedule. Wrexham women welcomed Eva Suckley and Cara Jones to the squad and Karen Allen was named captain. The cup development stalled, we remembered the Gressford Colliery disaster and the second season of Welcome to Wrexham began airing. Daz, busy month, what were your thoughts on how the Cymru men and women performed in September? Yeah, yeah, I think September was one of the, uh, it was it was tough my I was nervous about September because uh, having had such a, a, a terrible uh, qualifying uh, games in in June against Armenia and then and and okay a tough result away in Turkey which um we, we, you know, it was a wonder goal in amongst them, but you know, we didn't, we didn't show ourselves in our best light, but certainly not the home game against Armenia. So, I was nervous. Uh, we did well then in the friendly against South Korea. I've, I felt that reassured us that we were solid. We could hold ourselves against a, a quality side that had appeared in the World Cup and things like that. So that was steadied, steadied ourselves ready for some. Uh, for the Latvia game, really, and um, and going away to Latvia was never going to be an easy away trip. But uh, like you said, a Ramsey penalty, a Brooks, you know, lovely finish, and then that that settled the nerves, obviously, because that was in time added on. So that was that was a really good settling, I think, that really got us back on track. Um, the the women's game, I mean, bless, you know, it. The, the, there were some really tough results. I think I think the the um, the uh, one nil against Iceland was was just. I think that was the killer for me because we yeah. were so expecting, uh, you know, a, 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 a you know much better, and we didn't get it. We just didn't get the performance. Never mind the result. I know, and and it would been built because obviously previously in the summer we'd had that friendly against United States as the United States were getting ready to go to the World Cup. We, it was an honour to be chosen to be that opposition to be you know to be the opposition that they felt they needed to practice against before playing in the world cup you just think okay a european team they wanted to play that style and i thought we held our own so i thought here we go right there's the foundation ready to play some top you know top league you know league a play uh, teams but to go to iceland i know it's a tough place to go but it's it was not the performance and and iceland didn't deserve to win they, you know they didn't outplay us necessarily but we definitely didn't turn up so that that was really 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 disheartening and and then to then go back uh, home game against denmark and again i think 5-1 does flatter denmark a little bit but we certainly didn't win it deserved to win that game we were not the 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 best team on the on the pitch that day but once the third goal had gone in then the four you know it just it, it went downhill very quickly then so it does flatter them i do think but yeah unfortunate results unfortunate performances though more than anything um i just think that um we had so much promise having had some good results earlier in the year against some good opposition in terms of whether it was uh, portugal or northern ireland or scotland you know there was decent enough teams that we were playing against that you'd think we could step up for that tournament and not turn up was the most disappointing bit about it. Jamie, Wrexham men and women, you know, really kicked their seasons into high gear. I mean, with the men first, certainly a better month than the previous month. And we actually started to, you know, turn up 
four you know four games you feel that the american hangover had now started to blow away and then the women fantastic start i mean that three all draw against swansea really should have been a win and then to move on and then to you know to to give you know ponty a good a a a good win at ponty two great results for them as well yeah like you say um you know, we we kicked on both 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 teams kicked on uh, in September. I think um, the the kind of the, the the key takeaways for me were um, exactly like you've just said. I think we we uh, we accl- the men's team acclimatized. we started to acclimatize quite quickly to to being back in the league, but also and more importantly, I think was was get that sharpness into their game, which, which was lacking after, like you say, the American hangover, um, you know, they, they, um, they won't make that mistake again. I'm sure, I'm sure going, going forward. I think, um, one thing I said this, this week was, and I think we might look back at the end of the season at, at that early part, you know, August, September in particular, and, and, um, acknowledge how much of a contribution Elliot Lee made in in those first couple of months because obviously we were, we were missing our talisman Nolan was out injured and I think if you go I, th- I I think you know we'll look back at the end of the season and we'll we will be able to talk about how significant Elliot Lee was in in that period because for me he he dragged the team by the scruff of its neck through that that the difficult early start of the season and then and then dragged us along to, to starting to find you know, uh, for, forward, you know, moving forward. Um, and then, like you say, on, on the women's side of things, um, I think, you know, we were, we were all looking forward to that, to that game against Swansea. And, and I think we were probably all, if we're being honest, we were probably all a little bit surprised with, with how that game certainly started, um, you know, because Wrexham were 2-0 up, weren't they? And I don't think, I don't think any, anyone, certainly, I don't think we, we, we predicted that. What that did show, though, uh, for, for me, and I think we we commented on it at the time, which was as that game wore on, not only did Swansea's class, um, you, you know, and quality shine through, but it, it also highlighted the fact that Wrexham still had quite a bit of um, conditioning to to, to 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 improve on. You know, obviously, it only just turned semi-pro, and and you know, obviously, I know we're, we're jumping back now, but obviously if you look at how they've now come on since then already their fitness levels and things have improved dramatically and I think going back to that first game it, it, it told in that game I think they just ran out of legs and they ran out of steam towards the end of that game and, and obviously then Swansea came back into it but it was still a great result um, and then you know went, went on from there and, 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 and had you know had some good results after that. Well October dawned and Wrexham men started to really turn on the style. The month started with a 0-0 draw away at unbeaten Mansfield Town, followed by a 1-0 win at Crawley Town, a 3-2 win versus Salford, a 1-0 draw versus Bradford City, a 2-1 win versus Sutton and a fantastic 2-0 win away at Notts County. They also continued the positive EFL trophy results with a 3-0 win versus Crew Alexandra. Wrexham women began with a resounding 5-1 win versus Barry Town, but fell to a 3-0 defeat by Cardiff City before beating Puthelli 13-0 in the Welsh Cup and finishing the month beating Aberystwyth Town 2-1 and the New Saints 3-1. Cymru women took on Germany in the Nations League and lost 5-1 before playing Denmark in that return leg and losing 2-1. 
Cymru men had their first national game at the Kairas for four years, beating Gibraltar in a friendly game 4-0, before achieving a major, major result, beating Croatia 2-1, giving them hope of qualification for Euro 2024. James Jones and Sam Dolby signed contract extensions. Wrexham decided to televise all Wrexham women's games not covered by S. Pedwarek. Wrexham drew Mansfield Town away in the first round of the FA Cup. And Andy Lowe was appointed academy manager as Wrexham started to ramp up the academy structure behind the scenes. Jamie, both Wrexham men and women really bedding in, taking on the leagues this month. Any particular highlights on both for you? Um, oh, Christ, you're testing the memory, you know. Um... Not non non off the top, off the top of my head. I'm you know I'm, I'm. I mean the not the not county result was particularly impressive. I think for me personally, I don't know how you felt about that one. Yeah, I mean that that was a standout result. To be fair, wasn't it? Because I think there was there was a lot of um, there was a lot of uh, recent history to that game. It sounds ridiculous to say that, but you know what I mean. Obviously, with with everything that went on last season. Um, I think the the um the, there was the, there's, there's this rivalry isn't there that has been fabricated I don't think there is much of a rivalry traditionally between Rex and Notts County but obviously this the, the 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 media has fabricated this this rivalry with what happened last year um so I and I think I think with um with obviously we we beat them uh, at home at the back end of last season in that very memorable game but going back to the 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 reverse fixture last season in in the national league at their place i think you know we we were unlucky that night to be fair so um you know we I, we we i think we we owed them you know again i use that phrase we owed them one but i think we did owe them one but more than anything we we went there and we we won 2-0 and deservedly so um you know we we played we played well we played good football um you know it took took palmer to come off the bench and and, and to change the game but you know, it was a quite quite rightly got got the three points, but yeah, I I, I agree. I think um, I think that was a highlight. I think the Salford home game was 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 good as well. It was a you know that was a you know that was at a time when we were talking about Wrexham's defensive frailties again. But it was another one of those great last gasp wins, wasn't it? You know, a three two win, uh, and and you know you remember the wins more more than anything. Um, but you know that was that was another highlight from from uh, from October as well. But you know ultimately it was it was a good month. Uh, you know in the league it was you know three wins and a draw. Um, and you know I'll, I'll take that all day long. Daz, from the national sides, I mean the women pretty much carried on as they started with a couple of you know fairly weak results against two you know very very good nations. Don't get me wrong, but again performances weren't fantastic. But the men really surprised and and gave us what turned out in the end unfortunately to be a lot of false hope yeah no you're right about the women's game and they you know going away two away games in october that was always going to, going to be challenging so germany top side and that you know that was that was shown to us uh denmark i thought you know to, to be 2-1 on that one i think that, that that again gave me a little bit of false hope um uh, again, they were they were the group leaders at the time. I think Denmark at the time, you know. So there was always a tough ask, and certainly felt like a better performance. But um, that didn't necessarily materialise into the next stage for us from that point of view. And yeah, for the guys, they, uh, I mean, the the Croatia game um, has, I mean, what what a performance that was. I mean, the we we knew we knew we needed. 
we knew we needed uh, results. Uh, obviously, uh, a nice warm up uh, up in uh, up in Wrexham against Gibraltar, uh, but we always knew that that wasn't really the meaningful tie that it it could have been or should have been. You know, we could have used that against, but then we didn't risk injuries, and so some would say it was a good PR stunt. It was a good. Um, you know, uh, conditioning uh, situation, just making sure that nobody was injured unnecessarily before going into what would become the the, the, the turning point. You know, to give us hope that of, of qualification. Um, but for, by far, playing against Croatia, that was probably the most complete performance I'd seen from a Welsh team uh, for some time. It was um, Croatia are a good side yeah but you can argue they may not have been absolutely on top form on their day uh, against us but i don't think they were a million miles away they were we we just played really really well um and so i think that just to be able to have that confidence then going into the november games that's what we wanted so we couldn't ask for more really a win uh harry wilson phenomenal brilliant couple of goals uh when harry wilson plays well uh we play well I think that's that's been said before, um, and he he makes things happen. Um, I still don't know what uh, Page's de- decision making process is about taking him off after an hour consistently because he feels like he's still the only one that's making a difference. Um, but then his position is a position that should make a difference. Um, so that, hence changing him, you might think it might, you know. Uh, spur the team on in a different way, but I, I just think there must be some other tactics somewhere because you've got to stop taking off our our performers. You know, the players who are literally uh, making the things happen. We can't. We've got to keep them on the pitch for longer. Uh, now, whether or not he can't do it, I, he doesn't play for um, Fulham consistently, and you know, all ninety minutes. Um, so maybe there is a fitness thing. I don't know, but I, I just think that that seemed odd anyway. It was great. It gave us the hope, and you know, meant that we could look forward to November um, uh, with optimism, and, um, and and that's what we did. So November and the season was well underway. Wrexham men had a mixed league with two a two nil loss away at Accrington Stanley, then a six nil win at home to Morecambe, and finished with a disappointing two all draw at Harrogate Town. As well as the league, they were still in two cups, beating Mansfield Town 2-1 in the first round of the FA Cup and finishing their EFL Trophy group stage with a 2-1 win versus Port Vale to top their group. Wrexham women beat Cardiff Met 3-0 but lost to Swansea 2-1 away. They had a tough game in the Butte Welsh Energy Cup round two with the real battle versus Llandidno coming out 1-0 winners. After the hope of the Croatia game... Cymru men faltered at the last hurdle with a one-all draw out in Armenia, which was followed by a one-all draw at home to Turkey. A real disappointment and a massive anticlimax. This meant they missed out on automatic qualification for Euro 2024. They now have a difficult home tie versus Finland in the spring to progress to a playoff final versus Poland or Estonia to get to Germany next year. M&S became three-year sponsors of Wrexham AFC and we all went Percy Pig mad. Wrexham drew a home tie versus Yeovil Town in the second round of the FA Cup. Social media had a meltdown over Wrexham's exclusive premium leisure wear range prices. Jacob Mendy and James McLean were both selected for their international squads. Elliot Lee won PFA Fans Player of the Month for October. Paul Mullen released his long-awaited book. And the Wrexham squad was replete with dodgy moustaches for Movember. Daz... As I mentioned there, I think the main takeaway for this month was that disappointing finish in the qualification campaign. I mean, what a massive way to just burst your balloon. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, going out to Armenia, we always knew uh, what we had to do and and not to be able to actually get anywhere near the results that we were hoping for. I, I appreciate it was an away game, but against Armenia, you know, we'd... we'd We've had our warning signs from the, the previous game before, though, haven't we? You know, we to lose your home game. We knew that Armenia had the threat, but they was they certainly shouldn't have been as as uh, for them to get anywhere, anywhere anywhere near us in terms of points. I mean, you know, the bulk of their points for their qualification came all against Wales. It's it's just like what are we doing? You know, just feeling like we're gifting Armenia some charity points for some reason. Um, we we just had to be a bit more. Um, Cutthroats. We had to be a bit more clinical. Uh, we gave away early goal. You know, and there was an early goal to, to begin with. So they're already on the on. The, uh, they can change their tactics. We've talked many times about early goals and how that changes the you know your opponent's tactics. Um, so for them, five minutes in to be able to sort of defend, they could just literally defend that one 0 lead for so long. Um, you know. It took an own goal for us to get back into the game at one all at, at the end of half time. So okay, half time. You think we can kick on now? So we start start again, and 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 could we do that? No, I mean literally could not get out of whatever gear that I, I, it was very low gear. Um, it it was so disappointing, and and to have to know what you had to do. I, it was it was all in our hands. We didn't have to rely on any other results at this point. It was just all there for the taking. And against a team that were lower ranked than us, um, we we just didn't seem to want it. I don't, you know, we weren't there. We didn't perform. Um, the, 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 the bulk of the team didn't show up. And what a difference a year makes. Because a year before that, we were in Qatar in the World Cup with the excitement of all that. I mean... Oh, it was just so upsetting. Yeah, it's it's a it's a tricky. I mean, you know, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I I think it's 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 a diff, it's a difficult one. The whole the whole bedding in lots of young players over the campaign. You know, I I think there was some. You know, let's let's be honest. There were some there were some good moments to this campaign in the sense that the introduction of Jordan James uh, into the, into the midfield suddenly just showed us what the next generation of that that role could you know could look like um, there there were some you know strong performances um, Tom Lockyer in defense recently you know in that Turkey game um, I, I know he's not well and hopefully he'll he'll find find his way back into the squad um, soon enough as you mentioned Harry Wilson Harry Wilson's Performance against Croatia was absolutely sublime. Oh, absolutely, and and we know that he's capable. He was always, the you know, he was a brilliant Liverpool player, and I'm and I'm obviously particularly interested and followed him through as a youngster coming through the Liverpool team. And the only reason why he didn't really make it there was that he had a certain uh, Mo Salah and you know Sadio Mane and and Bobby Firmino. You you know he was not going to get into that side regularly, and yet you know okay he came on as a sub every now and again. But for a little guy though, his height does go against him, I'm sure. But what a left wand he's got. I mean. You know the, the the free kicks he offers. Um, uh, I saw on on social media um, only this morning um, the the hat trick he had for Cardiff when he was on loan there is arguably one of the best hat tricks of you know the Cardiff City players have ever seen. You know the fans have seen because it was a phenomenal. Um, uh, you know he can score goals and he has got so much quality. Um, and of course the return of Brooks. I think Brooks coming back um, from his uh, horrible illness to come back at all let alone uh to a level of fitness that meant he could play in the premiership so he then started getting regular game time for Bournemouth and then uh scoring goals and and then to be able to step up to the international games uh yeah you know he 
is class. He is absolutely class player. And I think with uh, the rest of this season under his belt, a proper, you know, you know, off-season training, I would like to think that, um, you know, he he's going to have a phenomenal year next year. Now, if that it starts with Germany, um, let's hope so. Let's hope so. I thought the game, you know, the game that we had against Turkey showed that we could play a, a quality side. Uh, be resilient. We could be methodical. We were capable of of uh, discipline and stuff like that. Of course, we knew we needed a result and hope that other results went our way. But but I thought a Turkey side that were physical. I thought the Turkey side that was um, a lot of um, well, we ha- I called it housery last time and things like that. You know, <laughs> they're, they're, those those countries know how to do it and they do it well. And and we had to sort of not fall into various traps. Uh, but uh, my disappointment of that entire game was the refereeing. Um, but you know, but I, you know, let's not give him any more airtime because uh, he was awful. He was dreadful. Yep. Jamie, mixed bag for Wrexham, both the men and the women's sides, though, all still in all competitions, which was really, really impressive, considering that they were juggling, you know, for the men, two cups in a league, and for the women, two cups in a league. Yeah, a lot going on, you know, in November. Um, I think, you know, you you, you you said it yourself when you when you in, in, in the intro of the month. Uh, it was a very mixed bag. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think... <laughs> Started the, obviously the men's side started off with that uh, that win at Gillingham at home, which was very routine, wasn't it? I think you think back to that game, we we were all a little bit apprehensive going into it because Gillingham were, uh, you know, a potential threat, but you know we made they were awful, and and it was a, a very comfortable, uh, you know, laid back, easy two 0 win, um, and then we you know we went to Accrington the week week later thinking that we were. You know, we were we were um, uh, you know in for another solid result, and that just turned to shit, didn't it? Because um, <laughs> I mean, everything about that from from the start, yeah. you know, with all the off the field stuff, uh, with the melt of the chairman and, and everything else, yeah. Um, yeah. And we just we just didn't turn up. It, it happens, doesn't it? You know, you know the, the, those games do do happen from time to time. You're going to have off days, but yeah, every single player on the pitch just didn't turn up on that day, and it was a disaster. But then you know, talking about uh, bouncing back and obviously a week later then back at home Morecambe and we again we talked about it at the time we we were we, we were very respectful of of um of of Morecambe and and you know their position in the league I think they were eighth at the time and you know we thought it was going to be well sorry you thought it was going to be a tough game and a tight game I, I seem to remember both of you being uh being quite um quite reserved in your predictions but if you remember I, I was quite bold with mine and uh, obviously not in the end not bold enough because 6-0 I mean Christ it was just you know it was it was crazy and it could have been a lot more um, but then you know the whole merry-go-round of of of, uh, of, 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 of emotions following Wrexham you know again we, we went then to Harrogate thinking we, we were we were in for a you know an away win and, and, and in the end after going 2-0 up we're we're probably pleased to come away with the draw. So, yeah, it was it it was a mixed bag, and then like you say on the women's side, you know I think I think November just continued continued in 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 the vein of of this season is very much a learning curve. I think the 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 team for me is is probably overachieving. Um, you know where where they're at is probably not not sorry not overachieving. That's, that sounds a bit disrespectful. Is probably 
ahead of expectation in regards to where I think everybody thought we would maybe be. You know, I think we've done a lot better than 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 most people would have predicted. You know, yes, we've 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 had you know we've we've had some some bumps in the road and we've had some tough tough games, um, but I think overall that you know they can they continued that. Um, they continued that that strong, you know, that strong um, sort of start to the season through, you know, through November generally. And so, as we look towards the end of the year, winter dawned and Wrexham men were in cup ties from the start. After a crazy two games in forty-eight hours, they beat Yeovil three-nil in the FA Cup round two, but lost out to Burton Albion in the EFL Trophy three-two. A wasted trip to Forest Green for many, as the game was called off, but came back a week later with a tricky two-one win versus Colchester after George Evans was sent off. Wrexham women also had a postponement with their Adran Trophy game versus Britain very Clan Sowell called off, but they got the double header in eventually, beating them 2-0 in the quarterfinal of the BWE Cup and then a 4-0 win in the Adran Trophy. Cymru women showed some fight after losing at home to Iceland to get relegated to Nations League B. They took on Germany and came out with a massively respectable 0-0 draw. Wrexham men drew a very tasty FA Cup round three tie versus Shrewsbury Town and Wrexham women drew the New Saints in the Butte Welsh Energy Cup semi-final and Cardiff City in the Adran Trophy last eight. The Wrexham Supporters Trust finally agreed to release the lease to the Kai Ras, enabling the club to finally fully own the ground for the first time ever and agreed to put up a temporary stand on the site of the old cop. Arthur Oconco, who had damaged his jaw in a game, returned to training and added to a large recovering injury list, including Stephen Fletcher, Ryan Barnett, Aaron Hayden, Anthony Ford and Jordan Tunnicliffe. Daz, highlight for this month for me has to be that performance of the company women versus Germany. I mean, what about you? Uh, yes, I mean, we we hadn't given them much uh, I. I didn't think we'd give them much of a chance against such a top quality side. Um, I, 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 particularly off the back of the fact that we'd, we'd, you know, given Iceland another relatively easy win. I mean, it, it shouldn't, it, they're an organized team. We didn't cut through and uh, we gave them too much of an opportunity to score. And they did. I mean, they, they literally took their chances and that was it. Whereas I thought the result against Germany was far more, um, positivity not just because it was a result in the sense it was a draw and not a defeat after um what six games in a row with you know without with, of, of defeats um to be able to stop that was great but against a genuine contender for titles in the future they're a really good team uh, historic uh, pedigree and so yeah i thought they were disciplined they were organized uh, wales um, really, actually, at times, were at the throats of Germany, and they they took the game to them, and I and I think that's that's where the we have to just okay put put twenty three to one side and say not the best qualification year ever uh, in terms of Nations League, but um, uh, but that that twenty twenty four if we've got that mentality, those players know that they can perform at that level. If we can actually pick the teams, maybe that I've you know this. There's, there's echoes of the men and the women in this argument, but picking the team with a bit more form-based, uh, uh, um, some performances at club level weren't being recognised, and you've just got to say, why aren't we picking our strongest players uh, on form? Uh, we've tried to do it on on the, the historic, you know, the legacy of some of these players, but I just think we're at a stage now where if a player's playing well for their club side and, you know, sticking in, 
10 goals, 11 goals in 10 games, then then you've you've got to be picking them to start up front. So we've got to be bolder, I think. I think we've got to be bolder next year um, and, and, and play to these strengths when they are strong. Um, but we can't underestimate that was a great result and, and 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 good for the games we played at Swansea as well you know I forget I forget that in the sense that we as somebody who lives in Cardiff I, I get the benefit of going to all of these games they're on my doorstep um, so if 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 only that the games now you know having played in Swansea that's that's uh, amazing for the women's game having been played at the Kairas that's great for the men's game uh, I appreciate there's a different atmosphere when it's a tournament and when it's qualification and it's and something rides on it and they'll probably always want to rely on the Cardiff City uh, atmosphere because that has become a fortress of, of years um, and we don't want to lose that 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 that's that excitement and that spirit but uh, yeah you know lots of positives going forward from that one game, but it was only one game. We've now got to see it, you know, materialise into 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 all the next games. Jamie, nothing spectacular from the Wrexham squads in December, but they just both quietly just got on with it and did what they needed to do. Yeah. Uh, are we still pretending that this is after the set of the games in December or before? <laughs> well, no, we don't know what the results are, do we? So when you say December's been tough, you're really only talking about one game. Well, we've had the cup games as well. We had the FA Cup win and the and the loss in the in the in the trophy. So there have been some games. Oh, oh okay. So 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 yes, okay. So with that in mind, then yes, the uh... and the women's side, the women's have had those two games versus. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the the no, no. I just wanted to check that I wasn't supposed to be uh, yeah, floating you, you in some future that. vortex. You just burst here. that bubble. You just no. burst that show bubble. Go on. You you burst it at the beginning. Made me look like a right mug for not for the first time. Um, yeah, I mean the, the 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 cup games. So I mean, you know, the Yeovil game uh, was was a pleasant surprise in the sense of how sort of easy uh, a game it was in the end. You know, again, we talked on on here, didn't we, about it being a potential bananas game. We unlike last season when you know we we were in those games against Coventry and Sheffield United, it was very much as the underdog. You know, we 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 were the scalp in this game for Yeovil, but they didn't really turn up to be fair. And we, we, you know, we took them to the sword quite comprehensively. Um, and as you said, set up that, that, um, you know, it, it, it is mouthwatering from the point of view of it's, it's, a, it's a, a, as local a derby as, as we're going to get other than Chester, isn't it? There's a lot of needle between Wrexham and Shrewsbury. Um, you know, I'm sure there's lots and lots of fans who, who are, who are, um, you know, excited for that game and, and, and I, I am but I'm very much in the camp of I would have rather had a big a big day out Premier League FA Cup round three but that's just just me but uh, yeah you know that that was good and then the Burton game obviously with that being what was it Christ it was less than 48 hours after the Oval game wasn't it which again we talked about at the time completely different team completely different 11 uh, and, and, and bench and despite a um, a suicidal start, because you know to, to concede two goals within the space of God knows how many minutes four, at the beginning, four to, minutes, four minutes to come back and and you know for to lose it three two against a League One team, and not only a League One team, but a League One team that were playing quite a few of their first team players, was was um, sort of a testament to to the, to the squad depth that, that we talk about a lot. Um, but I'm not. I'm not too disappointed to be out of that competition. Um, I would have liked to have stayed in it, you, you know, and, and, and A, it's a good opportunity to give minutes to players who can't get into the first team and, and B, you know, if we could have gone to, to, to Wembley, then then who, you know, who wouldn't want that? But yeah, I, 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 you know, I'm not too, too disappointed to be out of that competition. But um, 
and then yeah, in the league, obviously we've because of the postponed um, uh, postponed game against um, uh, Vegan FC, um, we only <laughs> we've we, we've only had we've only had the one game, haven't we? Which was was the Colchester game, which we've obviously reviewed. Um, uh, an important win, not certainly not didn't go the way that, that I thought it would, but yeah, it was still still an important win and three points, and uh, you know, on, on, onwards we go. Does. Let's look forward then for the national sides. I mean, the, the women, we're going to wait to find out what their qualification path is going to be for the next year or so that draw hasn't been made. But obviously the big the big thing for the men is these this playoff game versus Finland in the spring. I mean, how do you think Cumbria are going to do in this game? Uh, I, I think... Uh, I do think... The, the, the company has got a, a, the, all the potential to do well in these games. I do genuinely think, and I'm, you know, as I'm always the optimist, as you guys know, I I no. see a path. I I see a path where we make it to Germany. I do, I do. Um, I I think that Finland's a definitely winnable game. Um, we always knew we were going to have home advantage, um, and so that was fine. You know, I I just think that Finland as a team. Um, uh, we we it, it's a winnable game and 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 I'm I think that I always felt comfortable with that one. It's the next game, the um, the final I guess our final uh, was always the one that I was a little bit more nervous about. Now the the, the game changer was the draw going in our favour that um, we get home advantage for that one as well. Um, that that is huge. That is huge. Us going to Poland or Estonia, but probably Poland, um, would be a tough game anyway. Now, Poland coming to us or Estonia, but probably Poland, um, is is <laughs> is oh, is good. It was going to be a tough. You know, that's a tough team. That's a you know, um, you know they they've got a historic. Uh, they've achieved, you know, historically over the years. They're not at their peak at the moment. They're not the team of old. And so I think we've got a strong chance. Um, but um, uh, not, you know, but it's not a given. So I, for us, we we need to uh, hope that our best players stay fit. I think the likes of Ramsey coming back is going to be great, although I still think it raises the question about whether or not he's actually in our top 11 anymore um, because of the position he plays and the way that the other guys have been playing without him. Is he a starter? I'm not sure. Uh, can you imagine him coming on, though? What an influential sub. He's, I think that's got more value than starting in, to be brutally honest with you. I think bringing him on with 30 minutes to go when you really need a game changer, I think is more important than taking somebody who is becoming established in that midfield area and putting in somebody who's who's not fully fit. Yeah. My my, wor- my worry is it'll take Harry Wilson off after half an hour again just cuz you know that's you know, even though he's having a blinder. You know, that's that's my worry. You know, is uh, you know, what is our best team at the moment? Um I think we've all got various, diff, you know, sort of thoughts on that, and Page has clearly got his own thoughts. And uh, but it's fitness because we don't have the strength and depth in the same way as a lot of other squads do. So as long as our players can stay fit and healthy through the the winter months now, I know there's a lot of games coming up now in December, a lot of games in January. Um, then they sort of thin out a little bit depending on how well they're doing in the cups. Uh, so the the potential for us to do well is is always there, but that's when we're at at, at our, I would say at full strength. So it's that that's going to be the challenge. 
Should we then beat Poland? Could be uh, Estonia, but it's likely to be Poland. <laughs> then, then we've got a great summer ahead. And uh, oh, my life, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and but I, I am I'm still very nervous about looking at flights and hotels. And... Well, I'm I'm gutted because I'm supposed to be going to New York for work around that time, and I'm kind of going. Well, I really want company to get through. Obviously, of course I do, but. I might not be able to go because I'm going to be the other right. I'll be, and it'll be worse because I'm not only will I not be anywhere near our time zone, I'll be five hours away from our time zone in the wrong end. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a you know such a rough deal to be in New York of Awful. all places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've got the same doubts in the sense that I've got a work commitment. I think I'm not sure yet. It's not completely, yet. and that means that I might have to be working late into London, working in London, and then. I, I come back the weekend we play that first game. So I I, <laughs> I just don't know how I'm going to make this work. So, um, yeah, so we've got a lot of planning and, and, and uh, work commitments that we need to sort of prioritise. I personally think a pod on the road in Germany, I think, would be an excellent idea. I don't know about you two. Well, let's, let's, absolutely, let's absolutely line that up if we can. <laughs> can you imagine? It'll be carnage. <laughs> it um, would be. Looking as well at the at the at the Cymru women, does I mean, obviously, like I said, we're waiting to find out what the exact nature of now the League B setup is going to be. I mean, is this going to be a blessing now, do you think, for the women to actually have dropped down a, a, a league and actually be around teams that they're not going to feel we're going to get pasted every every time we play? Um, well, I don't know if that's the... I, I don't think that if you feel you're going to get pasted every time. I just I, I do think the Welsh team generally believe they 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 could compete. I think they're just probably going to be disappointed in themselves that they didn't compete uh, to the level that we know they can do. I do think they they should have played better against Iceland. They showed some of that promise uh, in the early parts, you know, in the games against Denmark, and they certainly showed it against uh, Germany in that final game. So I don't think they feel that way, but I do think it is going to be a blessing in disguise because you you're right. They aren't going to be playing teams that are ranked uh, further down. There's going to be the the potential to perform better and get better results, and and because of this slightly convoluted, you know, if you're in Group A but then you drop down to Group B but you play the brother of the person who's having their haircut, you know, I keep, <laughs> you know, it, it it's it's still it still feels really really complicated. The team that gets the shortest straw manages to play yeah. with the football, and you yeah. get a long straw, you're not allowed to touch the football at all. Yeah. And and I and but but I do think that that this could be, and we won't know. But I, there is the potential for this to be an actually technically an easier route to qualification, um, which sounds bizarre, sounds absolutely bizarre. But uh, so you know, they, they, I I want to remain optimistic that that is still a possibility. I mean, do they need a win, Daz? You know, they've not won now in what six or seven games. Do they need a win to just start rebuilding their confidence a little bit? Uh, not for their confidence. I think just to have the likes of me and others and the press stop going on about the fact that they haven't won yet. I think, I think, I think that's all it is really. I think they go into games thinking they can get the results. I think they know when they played well. I do think they know, and they're very honest about it when they know they played badly. Um, I think they know they can do better, but I think the fact that the run of results just means that's what we're talking about. And I think a win, ideally more than one win. Uh, would then 
stop that and get us thinking differently and getting the right questions and getting, getting asked the right questions because uh, at the moment that's where the focus is and it's just a bit unfair but it is the results that they've offered us and that's what you know what we've got to measure them against um, but I, I I do think that a win would get them away from that and we can start again this you know this is a brilliant time for a reset in that way well Jamie let's look at the wrecks and men for the rest of the season now we're going to talk about transfers a bit later in the pod so let's not focus on that but what are your feelings with regards to how the wrecks and men are going to do for the rest of this season um I mean you know we've we... Crystal ball. I mean, you've got we've got to base it on where we're at now, aren't we? And I think I said it last week or the week before. You know, twenty games in to be, you know, twenty one now to be uh, sitting second, third, right in the mixer. Um, you just snap, you know, I just snap your hand off for that at the beginning of the season. I think, given the position that we've got ourselves into, the um, the the form we're showing at home. In particular, the quality we've got in our squad, the fact that we've got January transfer window approaching so we can strengthen. Um, if we don't finish in the top three, I, 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 I will I would be disappointed at this stage, to, to be honest. And I, I you know, I, I we are going to drop points throughout the remainder of the season. Uh, that's a given, but I think, you know, so will everybody else, um, but I think we we have got more than enough, and I have you know I've I've got the utmost confidence that 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 we can um, go through the second half of the season and be you know be there or thereabouts in that top three. And Daz, same question to you, but for Wrexham women, I mean Wrexham women have you know we've said overachieved. I mean, how do you think they're going to do with the rest of their season? I mean, obviously they're still in two cup competitions as well. I mean, what do you think their outcomes going to be? I, th- I think it's unfair to say they've overachieved. I don't think so. I think you know we always we always hoped they would do well, but I think we always knew they. Uh, were better than the majority of the teams in that league. I think they that they they've strengthened well. They've they've bonded well together as a team. They're playing really well. Some really good passages are playing in the most recent games where they're playing through teams comfortably. And of course, we all know about that finishing that they've got up front. So I I think for them to be in and amongst the uh, the top half of the table is where they wanted to be, where we thought they'd be. Um, it's it's a little bit of a shame that both Swansea and, and Wrexham have not managed to sustain the the uh, the the pressure on Cardiff in the way that that we all hoped they would. But but equally, uh, there's there's still no surprise there. You know, called Cardiff City to win the league again, and they're on track to do that. Um, and and at this rate, a completely unbeaten season. So um, you know, so they're, yeah, so they're they're achieving. They're really doing well. And and to still be in the cup games, I think that's really uh, I, I like that the fact that they respectfully they've been putting out decent teams to win games. Uh, I mean, you know, win and then there's there's winning and then there's winning the way that Wrexham have been winning in the cup games recently as well. Um, so a lot of goals, a lot of confidence then through the team. Um, so I don't think there's any any risk of them not being in in the top half then when it comes to the split. Uh, and that's all I think anybody at the club would have wanted. As I think that would have been their minimum benchmark was get into the top half, make the split, and then and then who knows? And then maybe push Swansea uh, for second and and then consolidate that for the next season. Silverware? 
think against any silver. I mean, semi-finals against TNS, probably to meet Cardiff or you know, obviously to meet Cardiff or Swansea, probably Cardiff because Cardiff are absolutely on fire. So it could be a Cardiff Wrexham final for the Welsh Cup. I mean, that you that's yeah, yeah. That's big. I mean, I think I think I think. Yes, Cardiff are going to be the team that stops you from getting any of that because well, because I I would expect you to beat TNS, um, you know, and that's again, but that's not a given. They've they've uh, hit a, a vein of form now at the moment with a few you know a few games in a row that they've won, uh, which which has allowed them to pull away from Aberystwyth sadly. So the the early form of Aberystwyth has they've dropped away now. So it is really going to be between uh New Saints and Wrexham in that sense. Um get to the other final get to another final okay get to a final but it's likely to be against Cardiff. But you've also got the semi final against Cardiff as well, haven't you? So um yeah it's Cardiff Cardiff it's going to be the team to be in all three competitions. I mean they I mean you've got to hope that's a lot of that's a lot of games for them to maintain that level. They've got to slip at some point, surely. They can't be that good. Well, I think they are. I do think they are that good. Um, but also, by the time I mean, you you've virtually played as many games. Well, you you have played as many games as they have, and by only not making the finals is the only reason why you won't play as many games as they do in the entire season. So that level of fitness, that level of competition, you and and the, and the Swans, you know, the Swansies and the, and the TNSs of this of this league, are, are all having to do the same thing. So um, whether or not they drop in terms of intensity and sustaining their dominance. I think they've got the players to do it. I think they were, str- you know, they went all season last year undefeated, um, without really being properly stretched, and they went in the strength of the team. So it's no surprise. It's no surprise that they are absolutely flying. Um, I, I genuinely hope that Wrexham and Swansea would 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 push them further. But but yeah. Anyway, you know, Swansea are only two. You know, what is it? Six points away, so that's two wins. But you're, I, I see Cardiff only dropping points by drawing. I don't see them um you know the 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 only team so far to get any points off them was Aberystwyth in a dogged you know uh uh, low scoring game as in nil nil I think it was if my memory serves me right but it was um a resilient Aberystwyth that kept them to a draw otherwise they've they've won every game so um they they are a tough team to beat and uh they have got that momentum they, they're a winning machine and i think when when Wrexham face them next whether it's in one tournament or um, one comp- uh, cup competition or both um they're gonna have their you know they're gonna be up against it shall we say yeah Strongle into the box for Moran! Short free kick to Holmes. Just whipping in first time. They find Morel. And Andy Morel gets his second goal of the game. Wrexham's fourth. Got a bit of space now to bring the ball forward. What's oh, a neat ball in. Andy Morel. Oh, he's found the top corner with a superb strike. Andy Morel equalises for Wrexham. We'll cross in. A great goal from Andy Morrell. A free header gave Kevin Miller no chance. Ferguson got in there beautifully for Wrexham. Barrett now. Oh, and that's given away. And you don't want to give it away to Morrell. He's going to take him on. Morrell all the way through and makes it two. 
well Bristol Rovers in giveaway mode I'm afraid who takes on a couple of the Torquay players this is Hector Sam chance for Andy Morrell great goal what a finish that was stroked it home at the first time of asking uh, Steve Roberts coming up Welsh side who took the lead as player manager Andy Morell found the net, having seen his first header saved. Ten-year-old Morell made it two for the evening with a low finish into the bottom corner. But the game didn't take long to warm up. Andy Morell opening the scoring with a delightful curling effort after just 23 minutes. Not bad from the player manager, his eighth goal of the season. In its 159-year history, Wrexham supporters have witnessed an army of players put on the shirt, wear the badge and cross the white line to play for the town. Some have reached the heights of fan favourite, either because of their skill, talent, endeavour and often ability to score goals. Lots and lots of goals. Some have had all of those abilities in one package and have been lofted higher up the ladder for their craft. Very, very few have gone on to arguably the toughest job, bearing the weight of a whole town on their shoulders and managing Wrexham AFC. But the true elite level have been players who have become club favourites, managed the club, brought back silverware and took us to playoffs in a season that was only eclipsed by last year's record-breaking championship. And this week's guest fits this bill perfectly. Signing for the Dragons in 1999, he made 189 competitive appearances in all competitions, over two stints for the club, scoring 96 goals, making him the 10th best goalscorer in Wrexham history. In 2011, he took over the reins and led Wrexham in fierce league battles, two trips to Wembley and two FA Cup Round 3 appearances. As a player, he's a pest. He's a predator, he scores screamers, diving headers, looping volleys, beautiful one-twos and rockets galore. All the opposition would see is a blur of baggy red shirt, and by then it was way, way too late. This person has had an illustrious career for a number of high-profile clubs, but he continues to keep close ties with Wrexham, through commentary, writing and wearing the shirt again, representing the town in the inaugural TST tournament in the summer, alongside his old playing partner, Lee Trundle. He's many, many things to many, many people, but to Wrexham fans, he'll always be Mozza. The Eat More Chips pod is delighted to welcome Andy Morell. Andy, thank you so much for speaking to us. Well, that was a, an amazing introduction and I'm very, very appreciative of it. Thank you very much. It's, uh, there's a few hairs on the back of my neck stood up, to be fair. Bloody hell, me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, firstly, Andy, I belatedly owe you a drink from 23 years ago because I was in the race course with a mate from Merthyr who bet me £5 a goal that night and I sat there in delight as I watched his head in his hands and you rattled in seven and made me 40 <laughs> quid. So, uh, there so thank you go. You, thank you very much for that. That was brilliant. How are you feeling, Andy? All right? I'm, I'm really good, thank you. Yeah, fantastic. Great. Um, as we said at the beginning, you've played and managed a number of you know, for a number of high-profile clubs like Coventry City, Blackpool, Bury, to name such a few. But why is it, do you think, you have such an affinity with Wrexham? Um, I suppose it's it's where I started my professional career. That will always hold a, a massive place in my heart and a, and a massive, um, very appreciative to Brian Flynn for giving me my opportunity, if you like. Um, two stints here, I suppose. 
um, fairly successful first one um, playing wise that where the fans sort of took to me so and um, I don't know I, I, I manage the place <laughs> I do the co-coms I'm still around there so uh, it's just I, I love Wrexham Football Club for the opportunity they gave me and hopefully repaid them in some way along the line uh, and that's why probably there's more of affinity with them than, than any of the others. Oh, you've, you don't worry. You've paid us back in spades, uh, Andy. So you you don't have to worry. You you have no debt on your side of the bill. Trust me with that one. You know, as as Wrexham and Wales fans for decades, you know, even now, you know, Jamie and I, because we I, I don't know whether you know, but we're brothers. So we're brothers. We've been going to, to the to the games for decades and decades and decades. Okay, we're a little bit overwhelmed as to where Wrexham are compared with the leaner times. I mean, how strange do you find it? that due to the last few years in particular, Wrexham is fast becoming this worldwide brand. Yeah, um, it, it's odd, isn't it? You know, it's a, a normal occurrence now that um, a massive movie star is in the turf. It's And his mate, they, you know, that's just normality at Wrexham now, which is a far cry from the fans digging in their own pockets to keep the club afloat, etc. So... Um, I, I just, I just personally think that the the club deserves it. It deserved a break at some point for for everything, the hard work that so many people behind the scenes and fans put in during those leaner times. I think they thoroughly enjoy, or they thoroughly deserve the the opportunity to to have these days and this this time because they've worked so hard and been so low at times. It's uh, they deserve some decent a decent run, I suppose, and, and they're certainly getting that at the moment. So, Mazza, we, we've got you on, and we we uh, we very much want to talk to you about current Wrexham because obviously your history in Wrexham has been done. Yeah, they're good, uh, aren't done, they? You've, 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 <laughs> you've, you've, you've you've done you've done all the other Wrexham pods, and, and everybody knows Andy Morell and what you're about. But there, it would be it would be remiss of me uh, whilst we've got you on. I, I have to ask you about one player that you did play with because he was my all time favourite Wrexham player. And that's Carlos Edwards, and I, yes. I just would love to hear your uh, little sort of your summary, your opinion of how good of a player he was for for Wrexham. Well, we used to call him Loose um, as a nickname, and he just never looked tired. He never looked like he was uh, struggling. Like I was tired from minute one. I looked rag-ass rovers, really. You know what I mean? <laughs> from right from the start. Uh, but he was just immaculate all the time, and. He fit as very, very skillful. Came in and was this tricky, tricky winger, um, but very lightweight. Not a lot of um, muscle to him, and uh, and he and he grew up and learnt very, very quickly. And the promotion season, he was sensational. He was fit. He got up and down. His quality was was remarkable. Uh, and and he he probably won us a fair few games on his own, um, just up that right hand side. You know what I mean? We had. You know they play the same system now as we did in those days um, with the three, and your wing backs are so important. And we had, you know, the Edwards boys on both, and both of them were fantastic forward thinking. They could take their man on and get a cross in, and as a striker, you just thrive off that. And and you're trying to form relationships with them. And I had a good one with Carlos. I sort of knew what he was going to do. He was going to chop about four times, so I wouldn't bother running <laughs> until the fourth one. And then that was when I'd go and. Uh, and hopefully be in the right place at the right time. And the same with Eddie. I knew that he was on the other side. He was gonna, he wasn't gonna put a decent cross in two times. Out, you know, eight times out of ten, he was gonna hit the front man. So I thought, right, if I put myself there, I'm, I'm more than likely get the ball. And and that's the way that that's the way that it panned out. Um, 
But Carlos, yeah, I think, and he's had a fantastic career as well. Really nice guy, down to earth, lovely off the pitch, and um, and a sensational player on it. Amazing, amazing. I, I like I said, I had to ask you, but he, you know, he's my he's my all time favorite Wrexham player, and I, I, you know, I love the guy, I love the guy to bits when he played, and that season when when he was you know, him and you and Truns was yeah. just for me my fondest memories of, of following Wrexham. But anyway, he, we'll bring it he, back. He, Frank. he glided, didn't he? You know, as, yeah. as a oh. fan, you watch him, he just. He just glided past people. It wasn't a, it wasn't a hassle. It wasn't difficult. It didn't look hard work at all. It was just very very easy for him, and that's why he was such a good player. See, seeing seeing, um, I think the closest thing we've had to him since since is is probably Ryan Barnett. Um, you know, I, I get Absolutely, a lot of satisfaction yeah. out of watching Ryan Barnett because I, he reminds me so much of of, of Carlos. So uh, if he, if he develops the same way that Carlos did, then we're in, we've we've got a good one on our hands. But yeah, absolutely. Um, anyway, let's let's bring it back up to date. So. Um, Obviously, uh, Wrexham have started, uh, you know, their their EFL campaign back in the you know back in the league after 15 years really well this season. Um, you know, we've had a really strong start. Is is the start we've had something you expected, or did you think that we would uh, take time to acclimatise back to the league? Yeah, I think um, with the momentum from last season, uh, the recruitment that they made uh, in the summer, uh, I expected them to maintain. Um, their form, I would have thought, through through this season. I thought it's going to be a tougher league, obviously. Um, I've been very impressed with the top end of the pitches um, in the opposition, more than the National League. I think that's the difference between the two leagues, is the strikers and, and the, the attacking players. I think you get punished in this league more than you did in the National League. Um, but I certainly felt that they were, um, they were capable of, of challenging whether top two, three finish was... Was achievable. Um, I was sort of, I, I sort of said fifth. My that was my guess at the start of the season, but um, that's still playoffs and it's still a really good season for me. But I think they've they've outdone what I thought they'd do, and I think they they would be, I think, did bitterly disappointed if they from now they they don't manage to maybe take one of those top three spots. Yeah, no, I I I agree. I I, I agree. We I think very much like you. I think we were. You know, heart, heart was saying was saying top three, but head was probably saying playoffs would be would be a good season. So to be where we are is is, is unbelievable. Um, yes. Look, looking at um, our current squad, and, and you know, I think I think ridiculous is probably a good word used <laughs> to describe our squad. Um, yes. You know, and I'm 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 really intrigued um, by by this, and, and I dare say you could probably spend the next three hours and make a case for every single player in the squad. But but of of our current squad, which players? impress you the most which do you think have, have, have sort of delivered the most of this current squad um it's a good it's a really good question because i think they were strong and they added to it i think elliot lee has really stood out this year as a as a leader and one that's taken the mantle when mullin wasn't around with his injury um somebody had to fulfill that void of a lot of goals and and elliot lee just stepped up he was brilliant in the middle of the park he was fit healthy uh, and you know, I saw, saw him in his first game last year. You know, the, where he came on and changed the game and scored two, and I thought, wow, what a debut that is! And I just felt that he got better and better from there because he got fitter and fitter. He's playing games, and uh, and I think he he really went away this season with an eye on on doing even better this year. And he and he's certainly done that. Has scored, chipped in with goals, assists, and uh, and been the main player to drag Wrexham through some tricky times that throughout this this season so far um i think the conco's come in and done well um he's grown with every game i felt um 
so he was one. But I still think Howard's um, an, a massively able deputy um, and somebody to step in. Um, and it's unfortunate isn't it, with Leighton injury. They've got three good keepers there, but they just Leighton just can't get fit. Um, and then, and then my other one for me has been George Evans. I think he's been magnificent um, coming into the midfield. It was a, a position that I don't think Parky really knew his his best three um, at the start of the season, especially. And I think you know, you know, you look at the likes of Luke Young, who's who's been brilliant for for the club and and has done remarkably well as well this year because he was one that wasn't really involved at the start and he made his way in and had 10, 12 games in there. But I think George Evans has just taken that midfield role to his own. He looks comfortable. He covers ground. He he sees danger really early, and he's able to snuff it out really early. And I think he's been he's been immense. And some of his his passing has been has been delightful to watch. And uh, he does a lot of work that goes unnoticed. But he's been for me he's been right up there in the top three three players at this season. I couldn't agree more. We we've, we've talked on the pod about George Evans. Uh, George Evans. I've I've, I've sort of rang his praises from the off because like, for, for, for me I, I've noticed from from the beginning how good of a footballer he was and I think one of the one of the best attributes that he's brought to the team uh, in, in in my opinion this is a bit maybe seem a bit left field but I think he's helped bring bring the best out of Andy Cannon as well because I think yes. he's, he's taken that defensive role and taken that defensive responsibility away from Andy Cannon and allowed him given to give him more license hasn't he yeah given him that license to, to, to do what he does best and, and to start to dictate games um, so that's that's really good, and like you said about um, about Elliot Lee as well. Again, I couldn't agree with you more. That I think we might look back at the end of the season, and that first sort of five or six games, you use the term he dragged us through it, and I think we might look back and 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 sort of look look back at how significant his performances were in those first five or six games of the season, because I think he did. He absolutely dragged us, dragged us kicking us. Um, you mentioned briefly the main man up front there, Mullin. Um, you know. You, you yourself were a were a prolific score, you know, prolific scorer for 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 Exum. Um, you know, where where do you even start to sort of uh, to to summarise what what Paul Mullin offers this this Wrexham team? Yeah, it's it, well, it's very difficult, and I think in your intro you put me in tenth top goal scorer. I think it was, but that's going to get ripped up very very shortly. <laughs> I think um, so. Uh, unfortunately, um, yeah. Um, I've been so impressed with him um, since he came in. Um, when you see the amount of goals he scored for Cambridge in the year before, you're thinking, is it a one season? Because he hadn't done it before. Um, could he do it again? Etc. Etc. And is he just a goal scorer? But he's so much more than that. He's a, he's a talisman for the team. His work rate is, is second to none in the group. Um, and he, he, his quality is right up there with, with some of the best strikers not just in this league, but the league above as well. Um, his finishing is relentless. Um, you know, both feet, uh, you know, we call it a week of development for he ain't got one because he can hit both. Um, scores all types of goals. And when you need a goal as well, he's always, even if he's not having the best of games, he always believes that he's going to nick a goal. And he's, you know, I think there was one game where he was anonymous and then he scores an overhead kick from nowhere. Um, and And that's what, great strikers do and he certainly has been that for Rex and his numbers are ridiculous and uh, and fingers crossed now he's back fit and, and hungry and wanting to do well and score more goals then he will maybe the one that fire us up 
you know, to those top three spots. Well, Andy, seeing the cop at Wrexham rise again for the first time in 15 years is something that we're massively excited for on the pod. You know, we, we spent many a cold and miserable time <laughs> standing on there over the years watching uh, watching Wrexham lose to, I don't know, somebody awful normally. And yeah, we, we get that. But as somebody we've all been who's, there. We've all been there, absolutely. <laughs> but as somebody like yourself who's played and scored in front of the old cop, how much of a difference did it make for you as a player to play in front of a packed Crispin Lane end? Well, yeah, I um, really fond memories of the, of a packed cop, you know. Uh, and I know a lot of fans love the, watching the game from there and the the songs that came out. But, um, you know, at times when we played, they would be, they'd be the 12th man, they'd suck the ball in for you. Do you know what I mean? Um, and there is, you know, it's, I had it at Blackpool as well, where there was no stand at the behind the goal, and I've put plenty onto the car park, and uh, <laughs> and it just doesn't feel quite the same, you know, as, as a as a four sided ground. And they have got huge aspirations for that side, haven't they? You know, a new stand and etc. And uh, it looks amazing. Um, and you know, I think a month ago they said that it wasn't feasible to do it, but I just think that they they needed more people in the ground. And to be able to stick something up like they do, whether it's feasible or not, they've they've either taken the hit for it themselves, or they just want more people watching, which is fair enough. Uh, and and yeah, I'm, I've seen some pictures. I'm there on Saturday, so I'm, I'm I'm as giddy as you boys are to to see people behind there, you know, and and singing again. I tell you what, you'll notice, Andy, because I was there yesterday at the, at, the, at, the, at the game, and and where we sit is not far from the commentary position, so you'll have a very similar view to to the one we had yesterday. It's interesting to look at it and think, well, the new cop is going to be twice the height of what's yes. currently there with a the roof. It is going to be, I mean, you thought, I used to think the cop was fairly impressive, to be yeah, fairly I, honest. Yeah. But this is going to absolutely blow that away from yeah. a scale point of view. So, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And I, and I think as well that the fact that you're going to have fans on all four sides, absolutely, and, you, and like you say, the, when the atmosphere really gets up, it's fairly. It's been fairly noisy the last two seasons Absolutely. with three sides. You actually yes. then stick another two thousand eight hundred, and then eventually five thousand five hundred in there. Wow, it's going to be bouncing, isn't it? Oh, astronomical, astronomical. Yeah. If I can turn for a second to you know, because every every army needs a great general. Phil Parkinson, he's yes. been very very successful since joining Wrexham. But again, not, nothing surprising because every a lot many of the clubs, Bradford, you know, Colchester United, you know, he's he's seen that success. He's driven those clubs to new heights. Now, as an ex-manager yourself, and you've been also at the centre of the Wrexham whirlwind, which you know can be an absolutely daunting place at times, I would imagine. I mean, what attributes do you need to be a successful manager at this level? Yeah, well, I've met Parky a few times um, before he got the job. Um... And he's won stuff, which is uh, a great CV to have. Uh, and for me, uh, the, his best attribute is that he is flatline all the time. Um, he never gets too high if they win. He never gets too low if they lose. Uh, he And with everything going on that this club has at the moment, with the, the owners, etc., and the documentary and all that type of thing, I think that is his best asset of... Yeah, well, we'll just keep us in house. We'll stay steady. We'll just get the football right on the pitch, and 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 he's and he's done that in in spades. You know, to get under eleven points last year was ridiculous. You know, closely followed by knots, um, and then to to go again this year, I would say that he's as well. He's he's probably stubborn because he 
his way of playing isn't probably the perfect Notts County way of playing, Man City way that everybody loves to watch. Um, but it is relentless. And when you've got good players playing a relentless style, you win a lot of football matches. And, and he's got it down to a T. The players know what they're doing. And, and, and it works. And so why change it? Um, and I think that they're, the, they're his two strengths. I, th- I think he's... His budget helps. I have oh, to yeah, say. well, obviously. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, and absolutely. when you've got the best players, you you um, you've got a chance, but you've got to be able to put them and point them in the right direction and lead and rudder them, and steer them. And and he's he's done that with in abundance. And um, yeah, a, a couple of defeats in this league. I don't think you know anybody can complain too much because of the standard going up. But he he's certainly he's certainly been excellent and a really good appointment by the owners. I mean, we've said a few times on the pod, you know, you, you know, yes, it's great having a fairly decent war chest and, and whatever. But, you know, as an ex-manager yourself, you've got to direct those resources in the right places and with the right people in, and do the right things. Like you've just said, you can't just throw money at something and hope it's going to stick enough. And and that, I think, is the thing I've been most impressed with. I mean, his recruitment policy, barring a couple of stutters, I think has been has been fairly has been fairly rock solid. You know, he's picked. Some you know some really really good players, but importantly, have fitted the, the jigsaw puzzle well, and all the pieces have fit together. Yes, absolutely. I think you know he's seen holes in his um, in his system, and he's he's found them. I think you saw that. The biggest one for me was probably Palmer. Straight away, they went out, spent some money on Palmer, and it gave you that focal point that Mullin was able to play off. And then you saw the best of both of them. Do you know what I mean? And he just he saw that early on. He, that was the way he wanted to play. And he needed a bigger man up there to to help with that, and he and he went and got them, and and that's what I think they've done. Rather than just getting loads of numbers in, I think they've gone and really really focused what they've needed, and gone and been really accurate with what they did. They've done their homework. They've got a really good recruitment system out there, um, and um, and they've brought in players not just to play, but the changing room um, is is a really good place to be. That helps when you win. Um, but everybody's in it, you know. The lads that aren't involved, they have to stay involved. And when you're winning, you can't say anything. So you've got to stay fit and ready, and just take your chance when it comes. And he's harboured that culture. The that if you if you're not into that, you don't stay around too long. So t- talking, obviously talking about the the personnel, and you know we've mentioned the squad a little bit and there and everything else. Obviously we we we've also said we're in a very strong position at kind of the halfway point. Um, January transfer window approaching. Um, and then obviously, before we know it, you know the end of the season where a lot we've got a lot of players out of contract. I, I guess so. Two, two, two questions really. One is is what do you think Park is likely to look to try and get reinforced, or what where where do you think he's likely to look for reinforcement in January? And then in the summer, do you expect quite a significant squad overhaul? You know, probably on a, on a grander scale than what we've seen over the last few years. Um, I think probably it would be well in the summer would be league dependent on how many will leave and how many stay. Um, and I think in January, you're probably looking to the physio and saying, how long's Hayden? I know O'Connell came back um, on the weekend. Um, but I think Hayden's the big one, isn't he? If he's not going to be fit enough to maintain, then I think they're going to need another, maybe another centre-half. Can I ask you a quick question about Hayden? As, as, as an ex, obviously somebody that's managed, not only played, but managed. Can I ask you, uh, just, just an opinion more than anything, 
I, I, I myself, and I think Simon's the same, and probably most Wrexham fans are quite surprised that we're, you know, Hayden's in the last sort of six months of his contract and he and there's been no mention of a new deal. Now, whether that's the club have not offered one or whether they have offered one behind the scenes and he's turned it down. Do you think do you think it could possibly be the club holding back because of his persistent injury problems? You know, do you, or do you think something maybe has been done in the background where he's just chose to, to, to not take it? Um, it's, a, it's a great question and only probably the club and him will know. But um, from the outside, it looks like the, the injuries that he's getting are niggly, annoying ones. And um, there's, it's not... It's not like a right. That's a hamstring. It's out for ten weeks or whatever. It's it's all right. I felt my calf a little bit and stuff like that. And and they they're the ones that are, I suppose, they're frustrating for a manager because you just have no clue how long that might be. And and if it's happening monthly for a week or two, then you can't rely and can't get a a base that you can play from. You want regulars playing in there week in, week out, that you can rely on. And, and I don't think at the moment, maybe, Parky really feels he can rely on him um, to to see maybe one game through or even a 10-game run through. So I think that is probably why nothing has been mentioned about contracts, etc. Because I think this time last year, you'd have been offering him a four-year deal, wouldn't you, with 11 goals before Christmas, etc. And you'd be going straight to him. So it must have some sort of impact on him. Um, but I would, I'd have to say that I, I think they'd be, they'd be foolish not to offer him something soon because, you know, there was, there was talk of Stoke, wasn't there, in, in the summer. Um, and if you have got a fit Hayden who can get your 10 goals from centre half and is an animal and can play out and can join in attacks, then, you know, you, you want to nail him down. But the problem is you don't want to nail him down to a physio's bench. <laughs> Is he a, a, a fit? A fit Hayden? Would he be in your back three? So if every 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 defender's fit, is he is he in your back yes. three? Yeah, because of what he offers in both boxes. Yeah, he heads it out of your own box and he heads it into the goal in the other end. That's a not a bad little combo to start. I'm, not at all. I'm going. I'm, I'm going off piste a little bit here now, but I have so many questions bump, bumping into no, my don't head. Worry. But uh, as, 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 as we're talking, don't worry, Andy, I charge him per question, so it's <laughs> as, as we're talking um, transfers and strikers again. I'm, I'm really interested to get your your view on the whole um, uh, Armstrong debacle and whether you think the club are going to go uh, and try and bring in another striker in in, in January because the. We, I, I've been saying for the, for weeks now on, on on the pod that I I strongly believe we go back in for Armstrong, but then it came out last week that supposedly right. it's it's a done deal with Carlisle, so Carlisle, it's, it's yeah. possibly not looking likely now. So I guess uh, a a uh, w- w- what did you think of the the the, um, the 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 possible signing of Armstrong in the first place? Did, do you think he would have been a good fit? And then and then B, do you think we might reinforce the strike the strikers in in in, in January? Yeah, again, um, I, I don't, I don't think anybody really knows what exactly happened and why it didn't happen because it sounded like it was all agreed and there was, you know, him he'd, he'd been to the ground and done his videos for signing, etc. But it, something happened that wasn't quite right and it didn't get over the line. It went to appeal, it didn't work. That must be massive for him as a as a player. You know, he's not been the same, has he since? Um, and yeah, he's looking to try and get his career back on back on track. Um, but off the back of that, instead of spending five hundred grand, when I think he probably he would have fitted in well, and he scored goals at this level and could play the one above as well. Um, 
but they they spent nothing and, and brought in Fletcher, who's got lo- tons of experience, and he's turned into like this uh, Lee Trundle thing, like yeah. he, he flicks <laughs> and tricks and half an hour of entertainment when he was coming on and fit, and he was brilliant to watch. He um, really really clinical with his finishing. He scored a few really important goals, and when he came on, he lit up the place, which lifted the lads. And so I thought, well. If you've got an Armstrong that you've spent half a million on and he's not playing because you've picked Palmer and Mullin, are you going to get the same half an hour out of him as you do a Fletcher who has a great half an hour and that's maybe his lot? Do you know what I mean? He probably wants to play a lot more, but he can play that position and he's happy to do be that super sub. Then maybe the, the dynamic of it works a little bit better and you've saved yourself half a million for now. But I do think that they will... They will look to put bring in another striker, either in the summer, maybe in the summer, um, depending on Fletcher's injury, um, of of that caliber who is you know is going to blow them out of the water. But again, if they're in League One, you're going for a top Championship striker, aren't you? You wanted to bring one of them in rather than a a season League Two, if you like. Well, su- supposedly Fletcher's not far off making a return, so I don't think the injury was as bad as as, as was first feared. So if, if if he's back, you know, imminently, then then that might be enough, I think, to see us through. But like like you say, I mean, you, you mentioned him there, he, he turns into to, to Trundle. I mean, Christ, he, he came on the pitch and I've, I've never seen a big man with so many uh, flicks, flicks and tricks. and tricks like, and that. Brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah. But but it, it just goes to show you what, what, what I loved about watching him and, and, you know, we were talking about George Evans and Elliot Lee before, is the, 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 the stepping quality of, of that kind of player is so good to watch. You know, it's so it's so amazing to watch, and that's no disrespect to the players that obviously have been no, at the club absolutely not. Five years away, could you imagine but... him ten years ago, twenty six? Oh, you know, oh, when he was, you know, eight, eight, ten million pound player, you got there. Do you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. So you don't lose that. You lose maybe a little bit of pace, but you don't lose that mind and that no. that desire. Do you know what I mean to play? Absolutely yeah. not. Absolutely not. Um, Andy, now you know more than most that professional football is a cruel mistress, a really, really cruel mistress, and very, very unpredictable. Um, do you think, you know, I, it's difficult, I know, because it's like a bit of crystal ball gla- gla- glazing, and I'm sorry about this, but do you think it, Wrexham can maintain their current trajectory and actually manage to get promotion this season? I I do, yeah. I do, because they've. I believe they've come through that, that sticky patch of uh new league um injuries and their squad like we've spoke about you know there's three lads not got squad numbers which doesn't happen at this level um and i think they've come through that they'll get fletcher back like i said o'connell's come back you're looking at uh maybe hayden i'm not sure when he will be due back you know you've got barnett and ford to still come back um there's yeah, it's disgusting, there, isn't it, when you think about it? It's like, if if I wasn't fair. a Wrexham fan, I would be really, really <laughs> pissed off right now. I have to be honest. You you have got to keep them happy, which is not easy. Um, but but for, I'll give you an example then. For, for four, you've got four wing backs, two left, two right, and for me, it really doesn't matter who plays. You know, either one of the left ones is great. Either one of the right ones is great. And if you're the other one that's not playing and you come on and can do 20, 25 minutes and then the week after you're the one starting and somebody else is playing the last 25 minutes, both all four are going to be happy. They're all playing football. They're all contributing. That's how you keep them happy. And they're fresh as when they do start games. So, um, like you said, the squad is a joke. Um, He is dealing with it very, very well. 
And and like I said, if they're going to be able to get back those players that are injured, we've got Tony Cliff, of course, is out, still out injured as well. You know, there's bodies to come back if they can. Then there's no reason why they don't they don't maintain this and and really really take it on and, and and do take one of those automatic ones. Like I said at the start, I think a playoff finish would be. I think we probably all would have took that really in the back of our minds at the start of the season. But where we are now, with a few teams around us maybe stuttering a little bit. It'd be good to just nail down one, two or three wins, and really cement ourselves right in there. So, uh, as as you as you mentioned, wing backs. There, I've got to ask uh, from somebody that played in the three five two and had such a success in it. Our wing backs are all fit. The two left, the two right. Who 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 are you picking? Who's your first choice, left and right? I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> honestly, I don't think. I think maybe you would go. Um, maybe you'd go Mendy at home, Barnet at home because of. You, you could just can be really expansive and go for it at home. Maybe away you might be a little bit less. Um, but like you said, I, you know, I've been really impressed with Barnett 1v1 last season. He really stoked it up, didn't he, when he came in? Probably wasn't expected to play as many games as he did, but he really just took the, you know, and it was, I suppose he got an opportunity because of what happened to Ford, but he really took it with both hands and just glides again past people. And he's not looking to do anything else but take his man on and clip it to the back stick, is he? And, he, he so many times he did that last year, and, and we nicked goals out of it. I thought he was brilliant in the running. Absolutely. If I can turn just for a second, uh, Andy, please, to the Wrexham women, because obviously, as all the success the men have had, the women's team have also had a huge amount of success. I mean, how impressed have you been with their performances in their first season of top-flight Welsh football? Yeah, well, I, I know Gemma, uh, and I know Gaz Owen, obviously, um, and and you know the guy that's running it they've done a fantastic job you have to say hands down um to create something pretty much from nothing to start with and be successful with that um you just have to leap hump praise on on both of them and all of them all the staff there the girls that are playing are are doing very well they're very good for the standard that they are playing um and they just have to if they can keep the group together and keep adding to it a little bit like maybe the men's team to to try and get up the, that league and, and and win the league that they've just gone up into. But it, it's very difficult because you've got a couple of bigger teams in there that have been a little bit longer standing than, than Wrexham. But they're, they're, they're not going to stop, are they? And, and then they're going to try as hard as they can. And, and maybe in a couple of years with that bit of more experience, they'll be able to do it. I mean, it's interesting you're saying about keeping the group together. I mean, like Paul Mullin, you know, Rosie Hughes has been an incredible, you know, predator goal scorer for Wrexham, you know, in front of the sticks. I mean, is there a fear that other clubs, maybe even from the English side, from the WSL, will start to pay a little bit too much interest in her? We might lose her. Yeah, it's 100 goals already, I think, something like that. It's ridiculous. Again, numbers, fantastic. And I would have thought it, um, it would be remiss of those bigger clubs to not know um, about her, I would have thought. Um, but again, very, very clinical, takes her chances, got a really good pace um, from what I've seen. Um, and yeah, it's the player would have that dilemma of do you go and try or do you stick on this roller coaster journey that, that everybody at Wrexham is on and, um, and try and fulfil your dreams with, on, this, on this ship, if you like. Um, but it'll be interesting to see, yeah. That Europe badge that's sort of shining there at the top of that league, where you're thinking, if, I, if we win this league, we already can come in the top three. If we win this league, we can get into Europe. I mean, 
that's got to be a, such a tempting thing as a player, isn't it? Where you go, I could play in Europe. Yeah, that and that doesn't happen to many players, you know, especially you know females, I suppose, but uh, and males to that to that point. Um, yeah, it's a massive carrot dangling right in front of them, and that is something that is very achievable um, if they can they can maintain the form that they've shown already this year. So obviously, back in the summer, Andy, you uh, you got to, to to pull the Wrexham shirt back on again and and reform your partnership with. Yeah, thanks with, for messing with up Rose. my sleep pattern, Andy. Thank you. Cheers, <laughs> <laughs> mate. My sleep my sleep pattern wasn't much better, mate. Out there. <laughs> I mean that that tournament from the outside looking in, it looked it looked a lot of fun. It looked incredible. I suppose a couple of questions around it, really. I mean, first and foremost, um, how 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 um, how big of a deal. Uh, are Wrexham in the States? How much did you experience how big of a deal Wrexham have become in the States when you went to, to that tournament? Yeah, um, it's a, a great question because you sort of think that because of the owners, the documentary and stuff's out there, then there's going to be some sort of knowledge about Wrexham out there. I don't know how much, but, you know, I do a bit of PT for my neighbour and he came back from the States and was like, well, on, you know, on the top of a taxi when I got out of the airport was a welcome to Wrexham sign. What's, and I'm like... <laughs> What what is going on? Do you know what I mean? And so, yeah, I, I got a huge honour of being asked to go and, and put the shirt back on, which was amazing for me. I knew that Trums was going to be able to go as well. We didn't actually get on the pitch together at the same time because we were too old, both of us, to maybe <laughs> to risk that. But uh, it was brilliant to get, to go out there. It was a, a, a real eclectic mix uh, of players. Um, me and Trums, probably the oldest. Mark Howard, obviously, from the first team, which was a brilliant addition. We had three young kids out the academy um, who were great, really energetic. We had the three boys off the documentary, Rudders and it, they, they were, um, Cara and that. They, it, and then we had the two, George Boyd and as the ringers sort of thing. And we just got on so, so well. We took it serious when we were out there, but we enjoyed it ourselves as well. Um, but yeah, I had no idea how mental the whole thing was going to be. <laughs> like, um you know, we were told that they'd sold 30,000 tickets for the four days and stuff. But what they didn't tell us was that, you know, just below half of that were, were affiliated to Wrexham or wanted to see how Wrexham got on. And you're like, this is crazy. And, you know, we, we were warming up on a different pitch because there was people playing on the pitch and we were then coming to our game. And it was like, there was like just a, a tunnel of people just cheering you as you're walking through to the pitches. And we're, yeah, I said, I haven't played for, Wrexham for 10 years like <laughs> I don't know if anybody I don't care if they don't know who I am I'm just going to enjoy this and milk it for what I what I it is worth but they, they were they were amazing and then the first game was the one that just for me it just sent shivers down my spine you know we were terrible we we got through to the TST time at 3-1 down and when we scored three in this this extra time because we didn't really know what this TST time was going to sort of be and how how good it was but that uh, we were it was like we'd won the cup. It was amazing. And we were bouncing, jumping up. The fans were just up. And then it just took off from there. We, we were a bit disappointed to go out when we did. We probably could have got through that round and then maybe got to sort of the last eight. We would have preferred to do that. But um, we certainly did our bit. Um, we, you know, we, we signed autographs for half an hour afterwards for, for anybody that wanted it. And that just, um, they just, the fans, took us on board, we took them on board and we just had thoroughly had the best time ever. Do you know what I mean? And uh, I, I remember Sean, Sean Harvey was walking with me after that first game when it just went off, um, you know, c crazy. 
And um, he's like, you know, I came out really to want to make sure the tour went okay, but also to see what the how passionate these fans were about Wrexham for the tour that the first team were going on a month later. And um, and as we're walking back to the bus, he just turned to me and went, we're going to need security, aren't we? Judging by the, how hench Lee Trundle is now, I think he could act as your security. Yeah, you're definitely, yeah, definitely. too, right? Yeah. Oh, mate. I think he's yeah, been yeah. on the protein shakes, hasn't he? Yeah, you didn't have to sit next to him on the flight. <laughs> <laughs> so... Has there, has there been any suggestion about about it happening again next year, and or is it a bit too soon yet? And I suppose if if it did happen again and you were asked again, come on, would, Andy, put the boots. Do you want on. to do it again? Come on, you know. Oh you want God, to I'd, I'd jump them up. the chance come to on. go. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, I'd love to go again. But uh, yeah, they've just put out that the tournament's even bigger this year. Um, I think it's going to be forty-two instead of thirty-two teams, something like that. They've moved the ladies, the USA team. They've moved them into an eight women tournament. Um, both prize money is a million pound each one, um, so or mil- million dollars. Um, so I don't know if Wrexham have been asked. They were one of the highest priority teams that they wanted last year because of the documentary, etc. Um, and you know, I think that Wrexham did did themselves proud out there when we were out there. So whether we get asked again or not, I don't know. You know what you need to do? You need to get the band back together. You, Trotons, and you need to give Carlos a ring and get all three of you out there. Oh, can you imagine right. that? <laughs> yeah, that would, be, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> but there's some teams out there that take it. Uh, yeah, they, some teams took it really serious. Um, you know, they, were, they play seven aside and they were like subs in and out. It was crazy how good the, you know, the team that won it. They were unbelievable. Out. They like basically had a an attacking team and then a defensive team and they're just like on and off if they smashed a ball over the bar or whatever they, they'd sprint off and then the defensive team would come on and we're oh that's too serious that nah, we, we were just enjoying ourselves and playing off the cuff so um i would love to go again and i hope they do go again uh, whether they do go and i'm not part of it that's whatever it is because i've done it but um if if the opportunity came arise, listen, I'd I'd run there. Fantastic. Amazing. Well, you obviously you often co-commentate now. That's kind of a, a lot of your bread and butter, particularly on Wrexham matches for BBC Radio Wales, and love listening to you. you know, whether it be with Rob Thank or you. with Bryn, you know, obviously yes. the fact that you and Bryn together is great. I mean, I have to be honest with Rob. Your reaction to the Ben Foster save last year was just. Had, had me in tux every time I listened to it because I would imagine as a pundit you're kind of supposed to be well you know I've got to give my opinion and blah, 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 but I've got to be a little bit level headed but your reaction to that save was just oh unbelievable it was proper, yeah proper my, my head just exploded it just couldn't get any like <laughs> any more exciting and stuff and you just thought oh blah, it can't happen can it and like uh and then he goes and so, yeah, I just lost the plot completely <laughs> for a couple of minutes, and I and I will not apologise. No, 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 <laughs> should you? No, should you either? And to be fair, fans fans love that. They don't like plastic, you know, boxed stuff. It's that's boring. Yeah, you know, you want to be a passion in there because that's what football's all about. I mean, how do you find you know co-commentating com- compared to playing? I mean, I know it's very very different, but do you still kind of can you get your kind of your passion and your the way you play across in how you co-commentate? Do you think? I hope so. I get my fix of football really now through that. Um, I miss playing every day. I, I, I coach every night of the week uh, for my own business, but I, I miss playing the most. Um, then I would say I miss being out on the grass with a team again, uh, probably second. But then if I can't do that, then I can I can talk about it. And uh, I love doing the co-coms, really enjoy it. 
I like having a bit of a giggle and a laugh on it while I do it. But I try and be um, as descriptive as possible to try and help the viewer why something is happening. So if we're up 1-0, why are we 1-0 up? Why are we on top of a game? And try and explain it a little bit tactically, but not too in-depth that it's um, it's not understandable, if you like. And if I can do that and I can portray a, an instance... Uh, on the pitch to somebody that's not there and can't be there, that that they can get a grip of it and how how the stadium is and how the feeling is in the ground or how the team are doing, then then that's that's my job. That's my job done, and that and I love it. And I love the bit of the TV that I've had to do. I've done a couple of TNT games and a Sky Sports one, and I'd love to do more of that. But there's a lot of people wanting to do the same thing. But uh, I've sort of been pigeonholed into Wrexham at the moment, and I do not mind being on the coattails of this journey. Do you know no, I mean? no. Well, as somebody who listens and watches at home, you can tick all those boxes, mate. They're all, you're all, absolutely, you are doing your job 110%. So, no, it's absolutely brilliant. So, keep going, keep going, man. Thank you. Yeah, here, here. Um, right, Andy, we've got one last question for you. So, we ask all of our guests this, um, and we did ask your friend Carlos Edwards this as well. Uh, and I'm not, I, I won't tell you whether he picked you or not, but um, if, if you were picking your, your all time Wrexham five aside team, um, so this can be people you played with, can be the current squad or anybody else, who's in Andy Morell's Wrexham five aside team? Yeah. And you can pick yourself, yeah. Oh, I'm nowhere near this team. I'm nowhere near this team. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll manage it, shall I? Right. Uh, yeah. Well, it, it's interesting when because I, um, oh, I don't know. I don't think I did get picked in Carlos's, so I'm not picking him. Right. If in 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 uh, in, in, in his defence, he did he did he did um, he did have a little bit of a debate in his head. He he picked between you you and and Truns, and he went with yeah, Truns in the end. So, uh, he did, and he could see he was definitely you know he was it was painful. For no, him. I, I don't mind. I don't mind. I know. Listen, I played with Truns. I had a fantastic partnership with Truns, and he is in my team. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so I I was uh, I just thinking about it before. And I've had, you know, over the across the 20 years that I went in and out of Wrexham, I suppose, I had some fantastic people around me, you know, some fantastic players, you know, trying to come up with a goalkeeper was impossible. You know, Dearden, Maxwell, Jossie, Marius Vod- Rodver, if you remember him, um, it was decent. <laughs> uh, but I would, I would have gone with Dibs. I'd go with Dibs. Um, very, very, seven out of 10. Very rarely pulled an absolute worldie out, but never, ever dropped many clangers either. And he was steady, brilliant in the changing room. So I'm going to go with Dibs in goal. Um, again, centre-halves, I've got Kreitz and Nat. I've got Dennis Lawrence, got Westy. got some players, you know, that I played with there. But I would go as a leader as well, as a skipper, Brian Carey. Oh, um, yeah, big bright at the back, mine. nice. Just, yeah, bad hair. And he would say <laughs> mine is equally as bad. However, he... <laughs> He, uh, he he was just a, a, a born leader, um, read situations well. He Him being in the middle of Steve Roberts and Dan Bennett maybe or Pedge or Dennis Lawrence was, was an absolute dream for them because he'd just taught them through it. Um, so I'd go with Brian, a leader as well, you know, a captain, proper captain, uh, chucking teacups and all that. Like, yeah, <laughs> decent. <laughs> uh, um, so I'm going to go with a 1-1-2 formation. Nice, because um, I like the strikers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then midfield, I think you know we had Scott Green, Jim Whitley in that first spell that I was there. Um, Keatsy, uh, Jay Harris. Uh, we had Aussie, Paul Barrett. We had some real good players in when I, throughout my time. But 
I can't go look further than Daz Ferguson. I don't think it'd be unfair and remiss of me because he set up about half of them that Truns didn't um, of my goals. So he, his left foot was ridiculous. He, okay, he didn't have the, the legs maybe of what he did have a couple of years before, but he, his talking, his passing, he just kept the ball moving and just dictated games. So, so he liked well. the moon as well, apparently, didn't he? Yeah, Oh, apparently. my. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you just switched <laughs> off to it. By the end of it, it was like, yeah, our dad is having a moan again, no problem. Um, but he was just uh, absolutely dedicated to being the best and wanted to be the best um, and wouldn't let standards drop at all. And, you know, you talk about Roy Keane, that type. He was that for Wrexham. He came from a, a much higher team. He came in. He wasn't meant to stay here that long, but loved it, was playing. And and everybody just followed his example um, and and his standards. And if you dropped, he would tell you. And and that's why we, we were successful with him in the team. And then strikers, uh, you've got your Carlos's, you've got your Falcon Bridges, you've got Neil Roberts, you know, uh, Danny Wright, Spatey. In my time when I was managing as well, there's some again some really good players in there. I can't I can't look further than my mate Truns. I, I got such a me and him we just we just clicked we were similar sort of backgrounds coming into the game late um, my game suited his game his game suited my game probably more um, I would run around he would stand and get the ball and do tricks and <laughs> um, and we we'd score goals between us he'd score unbelievable ones and I'd I'd tap in his, his the debris that he caused off Rebounds. the back of his long range shots, yes, uh, which was quite good, quite nice. So, uh, so I've, I've definitely gone with Truns in there. The next one was difficult, but um, he doesn't really probably know what um, how much of a part he played in helping me when I first went in at, at Wrexham. But you know, King Carl um, mm. would have oh. to be right in there as well. I'm afraid two left footers. No, I'm not sure that's great great balance, but. They're too good to uh, they're too good to leave out. Carl was was immense with me when I first came in. I was a naive striker going in, just really giddy to go and run and close down and stuff. And he's like, "What, what are you doing? Just don't go, you know, and save your legs. You needed for the when you've got the ball, not without it." He's just so clever, real good quality on him. Scored some peaches of a goals and so that again down to earth, not bothered about any limelight. He just got on with his job. And those two for me up front would be a would be a right partnership. What a team. What a team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I forgot to ask you, actually, Andy, how much are you looking forward to the FA Cup tie against Shrewsbury? Because I remember you scoring an absolutely superb looping header against Shrewsbury at Gay Meadow. Because I remember That's that night. Right. I remember that night because I had to then run from the ground because I was chased by Shrewsbury fans back to the station. Uh, <laughs> because they were like they were because obviously they were I mean it was a superb header I mean how much are you looking forward to seeing us against Shrewsbury for the first time in 15 plus years yeah I think it's got the the juices flowing and I don't think many people outside of Wrexham and Shrewsbury re- absolutely realise how how much of a derby in a serious game that this this is you know what I mean because I didn't really know about it uh, when I first went to Wrexham I thought it was always Wrexham Chester but this one's got a lot of spice in there and that that season we had two good games against Shrewsbury. We drew three three at home, um, which was a decent game. And then, and then we went there a month or so later, two months later. And uh, yeah, I scored a loop. It was over Mark Cartwright actually, um, looping header over him from outside the box. That's right, yeah. And then you know I, my memory of that game is is Lee Jones scoring the winner, at brilliant finish, like really clinical from right and really 
close angles, just side-footed it in the far corner. Beautiful finish right in front of the away fans. And he's gone off and he's out, out comes the corner flag up like big flag, like he's landed on the moon. So um, that's my that was my memory, and it was a good win, really key win as well. Um, yeah, uh, my memory was trying to save my life, so thanks for that. That was great. Um, <laughs> yeah, no problem. Anyway, Andy, <laughs> this has been an absolute pleasure. I mean, you know, as as two lads who sat there, stood there in all the weathers, particularly during the time when both you played and you managed, and you brought us so much joy and you know some real moments of absolute, you know, you know something to really you'll be proud of for the town thank you so much on behalf of all and i'm sure every single fan and person who's listening to this whether they are recent converts to the rex and banner or they've been following it for 40 plus years like i have you know you have been such a massive part of the story and we cannot thank you enough hopefully we can get you back on the pod at the end of the season and get your opinion on how we did happy new year to you and all your family and i hope you enjoy the rest of the season cheers andy no thanks thanks very much for having me boys and listen i hope you're enjoying the ride as much as i am at the moment because you've been right down uh in lower than a snake's belly at times and this time and the way that the club are going it's it is all for you you know and we're on the as so, so players, we want to thank you lot, I suppose, for, for one, keeping the club alive and then that enabling it to be where it is now. So you need to take a lot of credit for those rainy days that you were watching some tripe being chucked out to you. <laughs> uh, so uh, so that you, you are getting your just rewards now. So a massive thanks for me having me on. I really appreciate it. I really enjoyed it. And so we bid a teary farewell to 2023 and we'll end up drunk, snogging its sister by midnight, waking up the next morning and doing the walk of shame into 2024. You've been listening to the Eat More Chips podcast, the official podcast for one of the greatest Welsh supporters flags in the universe. If you have enjoyed listening to us, please support the podcast, like, subscribe and leave a comment. You can find us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. You can also go onto our social media, such as Twitter at TweetMoreChips, Threads, search Eat More Chips Podcast, or drop us an email, eatmorechipspodcast, or one word, at gmail.com. Instagram, Eat More Chips Podcast, and on Facebook, search for the Eat More Chips Podcast group. You can leave us a review if the platform you're listening on lets you do so, and if you have anything particular you'd like us to discuss, please feel free to drop us a line. Two people who are quickly becoming minor celebrities are my two colleagues. Daz will be making a New Year's Eve nightclub appearance at Liquid Abadaran, so make sure you pop along to see him. Thank you, Daz. Yeah, you want to see my special moves. I've got a few more for this year. Jamie will be the celebrity dressed as Mary Fluid, terrorising the residents of Wheel this New Year's Eve. So if you'd like meet a skeletal horse creature, make sure not to get in his eyeline, as he can be a really nasty drunk. Thank you, Jamie. I don't know who that is, but yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Daz, we need to uh, we need to uh, we need to educate this lad on Welsh traditions. Honestly, absolutely. I've been Welsh techie, and I'm opening a branch of Poundland in Bulchwyn on New Year's Day, dressed as well-known actor Rhys Evans. So remember, it's fatties boys at the door. And until next year, come on, Cymru, and come on the town.